0: episode 880. The Green Bay Packers remained alive for a playoff berth with an overtime win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're breaking down the game with Anthony Nash of the Packers Wire. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. No. Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're taking a look at a Packers win over the Buccaneers. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, Okay. We're joined by Anthony Nash of the Packers Wire, part of the USA Today Network. Anthony, how you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing good, Brian. How are you?
0: Very good. We're glad to have you on the show. Anthony, so our listeners can get to know you a little bit, can you tell us about yourself
1: and your role at the Packers Wire? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I've been a Packers fan for a long time, obviously. I uh, just recently joined the Packers Wire over the off season. And uh, we've been amping up our coverage of the team um, every week. Uh, I do a good, bad, ugly breakdown of the game. Talk about what was good, not so good, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We you know we've been powering through the season and hoping to keep covering them into the.
0: Well, you guys are providing great coverage there at the Packers Wire with uh, Zach Cruz and Jack Webber and uh, company. Uh, you're, you're doing a really good job. I lost you there for a second, Anthony, but, uh, you seem to be back. Um, let's break down this game. Um, and and I'll start with this. Were were you confident, Anthony, the Packers would be able to drive down the field and, end and, end overtime after one drive, considering their offensive difficulties in the second half. (laughs) Are you there, Anthony? Let's do this. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to try calling back, and uh, we'll see if we can't get Anthony back on the line. Here we go. (laughs) You'll listen to all this live. Hello? Hi, Anthony. This is Brian Caravu. Sorry we lost you, but you're live on air. Um, uh, Can you hear me okay?
1: Yeah, I can hear you.
0: Okay, hopefully we got a good connection here. Um, okay. Let me ask you this, Anthony. We're going to discuss the game here. W- were you confident the Packers would be able to drive down the field and end overtime after one drive, considering the offensive difficulties they had in the second half?
1: You know, honestly, I I, I didn't think I didn't. I wasn't too confident. You know, they they hadn't been able to convert a first down for pretty much the whole second half. Um, so I didn't have a lot of confidence going in, but the team, even with Brett Hundley as quarterback, they've proven that they were able to put together some, you know, big drives when the game mattered. So I wouldn't say that I wasn't 100% confident, but I had some hope that they would be able to.
0: Yeah, it was a, definitely a good end to the game, even if uh, the rest of the game wasn't quite as inspiring. Uh, Anthony, h- how good are these two rookie running backs? I think they were kind of, you know, maybe the, the story of the day, especially at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, I think they're really good. I mean, coming into the season, I think a lot of the Packers media thought that they would be pretty special and starting to show now. Um, you know, Aaron Jones has the, the, the speed, and the quickness that you want in a running back. And then Jamal Williams has a lot of the power and the pass protection ability that a lot of teams look at as well. So, I mean, I think really no matter what happens at the end of the season, you're probably looking at the future running backs for the Packers.
0: Just curious, why, why do you think the Packers waited until overtime to get Aaron Jones involved? You know, he, he looks so good on that one play, albeit yeah. it's just one play, but he, he looked like he could have been out there any time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it could have probably been one of two things. It's either that they maybe wanted to ride the hot hand with Williams, who was running so well, or really they didn't have a lot of chances in the second half. I mean, with Williams, it seems like he gets better the more that he sees the ball. So maybe they just I, – I would assume they didn't want to take carries away from him. And then on the other hand, they only had about – they didn't run many plays in the second half. I think three of their – their first three possessions in the second half they only totaled nine plays, so there wasn't really big room for Aaron Jones in
0: that sense. Yeah, that makes sense, and, and the fact that maybe they were just trying to limit him in general coming off the injury. Yeah. Um, Anthony, the, the after the Packers placed Ty Montgomery on injured reserve this past Friday now, do, do you think there's any chance he moves back to wide receiver kind of in light of what we saw yesterday and really the whole season?
1: Yeah, I mean, after the game, that seemed to be the consensus among people, uh, especially on social media. I mean, uh, I think it's clear now that Devontae Adams is going to get paid a lot in the offseason by someone. And if it's going to be the Packers, I think you kind of have to question if keeping three wide receivers on a team at over $10 million a year is worth it. And if they decide to maybe go a route and drop one of them, I don't think it would be surprising to see Ty switch over to a uh, wide receiver again maybe in a slot role or
0: something like that. Yeah, when you put it like that, that is kind of interesting. I hadn't thought about it in that light yet. I haven't thought about the offseason a whole lot yet, but that makes sense to me. Um, uh, We're talking to Anthony Nash of the Packers Wire here at RailBird Central on a Monday morning. Uh, Anthony, is the Packers' pass rush back after registering seven sacks, one short of their single-game franchise record?
1: You know, coming in... The, I don't think the Bucks were um, known for giving up a lot of sacks per game. I think they were top ten and not allowing them. So a part of me wants to say yes, but they were also without two of their starting linemen who were injured last week. So I would be a little apprehensive in saying that they're back. I think maybe they just took advantage of the opportunity that they had, which I guess is really all you could do in that situation, though.
0: How much are you trusting Clay Matthews specific, specifically right now? After his two and a half sacks, his most in a single game since twenty fourteen, and and he's just now coming off this this injury.
1: Yeah, I think I I'd still trust him to 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 perform when the lights are on and you know in the big moments. But he's kind of a tricky guy because he's yeah, obviously still a talented guy and a talented playmaker. But he seems to get bit by the injury bug often and. There are times where his play is a little inconsistent. So I think i still trust him, but I just think I'd like to see a little more consistency from
0: him. Yeah, you are right. He does seem to play well in the big moments, which which is good for this Packers team. Um, but maybe some uh, when when the lights aren't quite as bright that we he kind of goes invisible a little bit. Um, yeah. Anthony, how, how much did this Packers defense benefit from the return of Kenny Clark? He, too, coming back from injury.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he's not somebody that fills up the stat sheet every game, but I think the defense is a lot better when he's on the field. And, uh, I think you can just look at the, uh, the Dean Lowry touchdown, uh, Kenny Clark kind of breaking through and pressuring James Winston there. Uh, but I think the defense is a lot better. They benefit a lot when he's on the field. Uh, he's someone that made that second year jump that, you know, the team wants to see from everybody. And with him and Mike Daniels on the line, I think the, the, the future of the defensive line is in really good hands.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Anthony, last question here before we let you go. Is this Packers team still really alive for the playoffs or just mathematically alive? What's your opinion?
1: Well, I, they got a lot of help yesterday um, aside from the Philadelphia game on Sunday night. You know, New Orleans beat Carolina, Minnesota beat um, Atlanta, and then Baltimore beat Detroit. So I think they really are alive. Uh, especially if they can just beat a team that hasn't won any games next week, uh, if if they can beat Cleveland next week, then you're basically looking at Aaron Rodgers potentially coming back, and then you just have to win three games against, uh, albeit against tough opponents. But I think we've seen the last couple of years that. Stranger things have happened when it comes to Green Bay and getting into the playoffs in strange
0: ways. (laughs) Could it be run the table all over again? Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning. Greatly appreciate it. Keep up the good work at the Packers Wire, and uh, thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, and have a great rest of the day.
0: All right, you too. Anthony Nash of the Packers Wire joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What
1: the hell's going on out here?
0: I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. And Railbird Central, by the way, is brought to you by B-Rock, Madison's forthcoming craft beer bar, opening in the spring of 2018. Hope to see you there. Really excited about that. But let's talk Packers for now. Uh, Green Bay Packers, your chips report as we do usually the day after a game. Starting with your blue chip players and getting top billing today, running back Jamal Williams. He had the biggest rushing performance of his career, running for over 100 yards, 113 to be exact. And he also had the longest carry of of the season and his career with a 25-yard scamper. Uh, the touchdown he scored was incredibly impressive, showing all out effort to have made contact yards short of the goal line and then bulldoze into the end zone for a TD. And, you know, even if he didn't score the game winning touchdown in overtime, he was pretty much responsible for getting the team down the field to set up the Aaron Jones score. And then he also contributed in the passing game with two catches, including that 12-yard pass on the game-winning drive in overtime that kind of set up the TD. And, you know, he's good in pass protection. I think this is the fourth consecutive week Williams has been named in either the blue chips or red chips category, showing just how well he's done. I- I'm You know, Jamal Williams isn't in the elite category of NFL running backs yet, uh, I'm skeptical whether he'll ever be truly elite, like you know, talking among the best, you know, you know, top four running backs in the NFL. But I think he can be a solid B plus, A minus um, running back in the NFL. And I'm not going to rule anything out at this point. If he can continue to improve as much as he showed from the beginning of the season to now hey, the sky's the limit. Uh, I think there might be a ceiling, but I'm not going to rule anything out. I'm just going to let Jamal Williams do what he does um, and, and keep doing it. Uh, I don't think he's truly fast. I don't think he's truly the most powerful running back in the NFL. So I think that that kind of limits him from each standpoint there. But he does you know, everything well. Uh, and, and the fact that he can pass, protect, and catch the ball – um and you know catching the ball was something he didn't do a lot in college and he's showing he can do it pretty well. Uh, I love what Jamal Williams is doing right now. Uh, just just keep doing it, Jamal Williams. Your other blue chip player, Dean Lowry. It was an impressive display of athleticism from Lowry, uh, obviously on his touchdown when he showed the wherewithal, concentration, and hands to pluck that Jameis Winston fumble in midair and then get off to the races, showing more speed than the typical big guy touchdown, which which really was so critical to the outcome of this game. Uh, Packers really needed that. Lowry also had a sack, albeit a fairly easy one. But finishing off the play against a big athletic quarterback like Jameis Winston should not be overlooked because it went down for a loss of 14 yards, the biggest loss of the day for the Packers' defense it was just one of two tackles for a loss that he had among his four tackles on the afternoon uh and and that was enough to overcome two penalties for Lowry uh but the all, but all around that you know it was the touchdown that really put him over the top i think and and got him into the blue chip category here uh at least for this game good game from Dean Lowry your red chips for the green bay packers one of them Uh, The red chip category being the good, maybe not great, uh, but still very good players here. One of them going to linebacker Jake Ryan, who's been playing his best football of the season the past two or three weeks, I think. And on Sunday, he had an even better performance than Blake Martinez. If I personally were to compare the two, not that Blake Martinez played poorly by any means. Uh, But it just seemed like, you know, Blake Martinez was like the guy early in the season. it seems like the past, well, I, I, you know, I don't want to say Jake Ryan is overtaken, but he had the better game on Sunday. Um, Unfortunately, Ryan suffered a neck injury. But prior to that point, he made 10 tackles, several of them key to the run defense, short of the sticks. Uh, Now, one of them went down for a sack, uh, one of multiple occasions when he put pressure on the quarterback and perhaps best of all was how he made the bucks screen game ineffective by working through traffic to twice render them ineffective. Uh so uh J- Jake Ryan was good in in every phase of the game. Run defense, pass coverage, pass rush. I'd be a little bit scared if he had to, you know, cover uh you, you know receivers in, in routes more often than he does you know the screen pass is a little bit different um but he he did find Sunday he didn't have all that many opportunities and the packers don't put him in that position a whole lot but when he did he did find on Sunday uh so a uh, good job by Jake Ryan uh really good game maybe his best of the season uh hopefully that neck injury doesn't impact him too much going forward I guess we have to see what what the the verdict is there and what comes out of this game. Uh, your other red chip player, defensive lineman Kenny Clark. Boy, did the Packers miss Clark? You know, the past two games, I think, when he didn't play at all. Um, and who knows, maybe what the outcome would be against the Steelers had he played, because he's so good. Uh, you know, Clark briefly left the game because of injury this Sunday against the Bucks, But but then he came back and, and he was active both before and after coming back, making six tackles, which I think is really good for, you know, an interior defensive lineman. He was credited with two sacks um, for a loss of a total of 11 yards. A- and the key was, of course, his one strip sack that forced the fumble that we talked about earlier that that Dean Lowry recovered and you know, in on that strip sack too was, was Jake Ryan, which, you know, just another kind of uh tally in his corner uh, for, you know, showing how good of a game he had. Uh, but, but Kenny Clark playing really well. Um, uh, amazing to me coming off the ankle injury, how active he was, how athletic he was, how he didn't really skip a beat. and And that can be tough, especially that first game back, Uh, from the ankle injury hopefully uh, he just keeps getting better from here and more healthy from here and and that little hiccup he had where he had to come out of the game hopefully that that doesn't send him back too much Uh, but good job by Kenny Clark your cow chip players um, the worst of the worst from the day one of them going to offensive lineman Jari Evans Uh, Evans was dominated by Gerald McCoy on Sunday although he's Certainly not the first player to be a victim of that. Um, But Evans was the guilty party on at least one of the two sacks that the Packers gave up on the day. Uh, But he had trouble containing McCoy all day long. Uh, There was one play in particular I remember that McCoy worked across the face of Evans to get to the other side of center and make a tackle for either no gain or a short game. And it seems as if Evans is struggling with some of the league's better Interior offensive lineman like he did against hakeem hicks of the bears earlier this year And he's doing worse later in the season than he was during the earlier in the season Uh, I don't think it's time to give up on on jari evans, but he he just He really struggled against a good player on sunday Um, probably the worst of any offensive lineman performance. Uh, albeit Uh, jason spriggs struggled a little bit too. Um, although he didn't have the huge mistake for a second week in a row, uh, just the glaring mistakes that you would see during the preseason. So that alone is just a step in the right direction for for Spriggs. Um, The other other cow chip, defensive back Jermaine Whitehead. Uh, Whitehead was exposed most notably on the 28-yard touchdown pass by Winston in the first quarter that accounted for the first Buccaneers touchdown of the game and gave them an early lead. He he also failed in foiling a screen pass earlier that same drive that set up the touchdown, and and, and Whitehead didn't make a single tackle on defense on the defensive side of the football. Uh, in what was an all around rough day from the safety, um, he he kind of was a little bit more just invisible as the game went on as part of, as opposed to visible and getting beat, which I guess was was better. But the Packers tried to put him in a position where he wasn't out on the field a ton, you know, in critical situations. Uh, I think he played 30 percent of the team's defensive snaps. So, uh, but not a good day from Jermaine Whitehead. Uh, The your honorable mention players, uh, I'd give one to each: the outside linebackers Clay Matthews and, and Nick Perry. Um, Clay Matthews for his pass rush With the two and a half sacks more or less and, and and Nick Perry mostly for his run defense Which he really excelled at And they each, you know, kind of contributed Maybe a tiny bit in, in the opposite phase of the game uh, Clay Matthews versus the run and, and Nick Perry putting a hit on the quarterback uh, But really, uh, th- there were areas where each excelled at And uh, uh, kudos to them uh, for uh, good games all around, even if maybe not great, and then your dishonorable mention goes to quarterback Brett Hundley, and you know what what avoided you know me putting him in the cow chip category was probably his running and the fact that he directed two scoring drives late in the game, one to tie the game up and then one to you know, win the game in overtime, albeit, you know, Brett Hundley didn't do, again, it was more due to his legs than anything, uh, although he did have the one pass he completed to Jamal Williams on the final drive there, but, yeah, I mean, Hundley was good with his legs, if we're strictly looking as a passing quarterback, he would have been in the couch chip category with the interceptions, um, you know, it's, I am not encouraged by what Brett Hundley can offer with his arm. Um I think the Packers can get through one more game with him uh against the the Cleveland Browns, so that's that's a good thing. <laughs> um, but other than that, you, you know, uh I don't I'm not encouraged by Brett Hundley being the backup of the future next season either. Um I think the Packers have to try to do better and get someone who is a more pure passer. I'm not saying that Brett Hundley couldn't maybe be a third quarterback or something like that, uh, but I think the days of him, you know, the, the the remote chance of him being trade bait at all maybe has gone out the window by now. Um, it's unfortunate and because I, I thought he really had a good game against the Steelers um, but was back to his, you know, the, the same Brett Hundley he showed before the Steelers game. Anyway, there's your Chips report. And, and just getting to a few other pieces of news here before we, we move on. Uh, you know, it, We kind of alluded to it in the interview with Anthony Nash, but the, the roster move the Packers made before the game um, where they placed Ty Montgomery on injured reserve, um, and he will undergo surgery on his wrist. And, and I think that kind of caught people by surprise, uh, reported, by the way, by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. At least that's where I first saw it. Um, You know, everybody knew Ty Montgomery has been dealing with this rib injury and issues, and maybe that partially contributed to it, but, um, you know, the the primary reason that he was placed on injured reserve was a wrist injury uh, that he'll have. He will undergo surgery on. That was the... At least the uh, the wording at the time. I don't think there was ever a set date uh, announced, or if it has been, I, I haven't seen it. Maybe Montgomery will talk more about it tonight. You know, he of course hosts his weekly uh, you know Packers talk show, uh, Clubhouse Live. Maybe he'll talk more about it then. Um, but yeah, with him going on injured reserve, I think people have been kind of you know, speculating about his future with, with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams playing so well. And I'm thinking they're at the point where Ty Montgomery is almost like, you know, having to go back to wide receiver. I, I'm not saying full time or all the time. Uh I certainly think it's it's good to have him back there occasionally, especially as like a threat out of the backfield as a receiver. He, he can do that, and, and not not that he can't run the ball either. He can. I'm just saying I don't know why you would do it, you know, give Montgomery a full drive as a running back anymore. It's more of a gadget type of thing a couple times a game uh, and, and otherwise playing receiver on top of that. So um, that that's what I see happening with time Montgomery. Uh, time will tell. Uh, I haven't, like I said, spot sat here and pondered on it a whole ton. Uh, that's more something we'll do during the off season. but that's kind of my off-the-cuff thoughts as we sit here just days after he was placed on injured reserve, which should end his season. It, it will, because uh, in, in other news, the Packers officially designated uh, quarterback Aaron Rodgers for return on Saturday when he, according to head coach Mike McCarthy, did indeed practice and apparently look good. Uh, so the clock is ticking in that you know he gets, whatever it is, two weeks to practice uh, before potentially coming back as early as week 15 for the Green Bay Packers when he can at least conceivably play the last three games of the year, and I tend to think he will. Whether or not the Packers win against the Cleveland Browns, and uh, you know, fingers crossed, they'll be able to do that against one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFL. So um, that officially happened, and I think that has people very enthused to hear that uh, that there's kind of that carrot at the end of the stick that's kind of keeping the Packers. Season alive and keeping everybody enthused and thinking they're still alive for a playoff spot. And like I said earlier, it's almost weird to think that it, we could be in a situation where it's run the table again for at least for the last five games of the season. Uh, if the Packers want to make the playoffs, they're probably going to have to win out. Uh, that of course is not going to be easy one with for one game without Aaron Rodgers, even if it's against the Browns simply not having him you know makes it it makes it a game especially on the road and then you know even when he comes back having to play two out of 3 on the road and you know one game against the Panthers who have a winning record uh one against the division opponent and the Detroit Lions these these are not going to be gimmies by any means but the possibility is out there and i think people are enthused now that they've learned Aaron Rodgers is back and then just finally, the 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 other move that happened when the Packers placed Ty Montgomery on injured reserve, you know, it was reported, and we talked about this the last episode of Railboard Central, that Dimitri Goodson said he was going to be activated and, and you know, instead, uh, the, which certainly s- still could happen. The Packers can still activate Dimitri Goodson if they want to at some point here. It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, but the move they did make was promoting Michael Clark from the practice squad uh, to the 53-man roster. Michael Clark, the rookie wide receiver out of Marshall, and maybe I, I mean what what I'm speculating, what I've seen other people speculate, but I'm not sure anybody's commented publicly on this. You know, so as so often tends to be the case. You know, sometimes other teams come calling. You know. It, Anybody on a practice squad can be signed off a practice squad anywhere in the NFL. The Packers, if they wanted to, could go sign somebody off the, you know the, you know San Diego or pardon me Los Angeles Chargers practice squad if they wanted to. Uh, but what the Packers maybe had done is is maybe Clark was approached and the Packers like, well, uh, rather than lose you, we'll we'll sign you to the fifty three man roster. Uh, Clark was not active on Sunday, but you know, uh, simply being signed to the roster is a is a huge raise, uh, money wise, and, and hard to pass up. Uh, and the simple fact that you know they they want to keep him and and develop him, and, and they have plans down the road that maybe he could be a piece that they use at some point. Uh, it's a rather crowded picture at the wide receiver position uh you know with all the bodies they have now but we talked about earlier how you know it's perhaps during the off season at least one of them could be culled, and i would say that's maybe maybe a likelihood at this point but we'll talk more about that during the off season but there you go michael clark promoted and on the 53 man roster even if he was one of the seven inactives on game days anyway moving on
1: The day ahead.
0: All right. The press conference times have been set for a victory Monday in Green Bay with head coach Mike McCarthy set to speak to the media at 3.45 p.m. Central time, followed by the team's coordinators at 4 o'clock p.m., all streaming live at Packers.com. Then it's talk show day, as it usually is every Monday, in which most of the Packers, although not all, Packers talk show talk shows are held. Um, just did a quick look at who's where uh, on clubhouse live at Packersnews.com streaming it's it's time Montgomery as usual uh, and his guest cornerback Josh Hawkins on inside the huddle on Fox uh, the Fox affiliate in Green Bay linebacker Blake Martinez is the guest on the fifth quarter on WTAQ in Green Bay tight end Lance Kendricks is the guest. On In the Huddle on the Woodward Radio Network, it's Jeff Janis' turn to host. Uh, He'll have a guest with him. And and then uh, tonight, it's the defensive line's turn to volunteer for the Salvation Army. So from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock p.m. inside the Lambeau Field Atrium, uh, Packers defensive lineman Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Montrevious Adams will sign autographs in exchange for donations uh, you pay a little bit of money, and then they 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 sign for you, and it goes to a good cause. And of course, Aaron Rodgers matches all donations, as has been the case now for a couple seasons, and has been for a couple weeks. He does this, you know, every week up through the holidays. It's like, you know, Thanksgiving through Christmas time here, and uh, they do it every Monday uh, up until Christmas. Um, so if you live in the area or have the means to get there. Go check it out. It's a good way to get Packers autographs. goes to a good cause. They keep doing it all season long, so um, holiday season long, and it's really cool. And there you go. That's going to do it for today's episode of Railbird Central, uh, more so wrapping up a Packers victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, keeping their season alive, which is really cool. We'll be back again on Wednesday talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com as we do every Wednesday during the season. So looking forward to that. Uh, Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Have a good Monday, folks. We'll talk to you later. I leave you today with a song called Susanna by 30 Decibels on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later. Go Pack Go!